You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay. So completely out of context this morning at 2 a.m. on Hinge, I got a text from a girl that I've been talking to about Miami. So completely out of context. It just said daddy, period. And the daddy was lowercase and there was a period. And I told her, I don't think I've ever been more excited to explore a Hinge message that I've gotten before my life. And that's our cold open. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast, a final version of the Touchline Media Group, as today we bring something to a close. Dear God, please bring it to a close. We've, I have been trying to get through book four of, of Harry Potter since like a month ago. It was ago. published? Yeah. And, and this has become my personal Vietnam. I cannot get out. I'm too invested to, 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 to leave. I can't cut and run. Here we are. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm Nixon or LBJ, but nothing good is coming of this for me. I guess LBJ made a lot of money off of it. Well, his wife did. Anyways, not here for conspiracy theories. I am your host, Asa, a.k.a. The Twig. I am joined by my co-host, Napoleon Gregg, a.k.a. The Stump. Um, there's another person who's here. You know him. You moderately tolerate him? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. And the loud banging is me making some tomato sauce. From I had scratch? no any loud I hadn't heard any loud banging. Yeah. Well, maybe it's loud for him. You know, the Don't come in. <laughs> uh, this episode, after that, this episode is brought to you by the Smith Workforce Management Group, a professional corporation, as well as whoever Blue Air decides to put in, which let's be honest, it's going to be uh, Shopify uh, because Blue Tungsten. Uh, anyways, we, when we last left you, when we last left you, Harry Potter, such as he is, uh, had had just uh, swam with some mer people who are probably a sovereign entity that we need to get into. Um, before we get into the meat of things, um, Angus and I had a, a a brief discussion today about is there any we, we've discussed this prior, but is there any evidence of the Wizarding World being a democracy? I say no, uh, Angus. I, I didn't read your response. Do you do you have any uh, do you have any problem with that assessment? I have no problem with that assessment. It is not a democracy. There's no way it is. Yeah, no, it's not. They've talked to multiple times about either the uh, minister of magic, you know, like just being chosen or being appointed. Uh, and there's like no, there's no even allusions to a vote. Very good. All right. Um, MC of, of, the, uh, of the episode, uh, tell us where we are. Okay, we just finished with the, yeah, I mean, so we just finished with the uh, the second 
task where Harry went swimming with the mer people. So we're going to try and because we want to get through this before we get through, get to football season, whereas we would then lose our place for the next like six months. Um, we're not going to go into as much detail as we, you know, usually do uh, in order to try and hit the high points. So the first high point, I believe, Angus, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is it either it's either Barry Sr.'s uh, unfortunate and early demise, or do we need to talk about um, Sirius shows up for some exhibition or exposition first? Yeah, not exhibitionism. That's not what we want. Speak for yourself. Okay. Okay, since he's not paying attention, we're going through <laughs> Barty Sr.'s death first. Very, very professional. Sorry, I lost connection there for a second. What are we talking about? That was literally the everything. question to you. This is going great. What was the question? Which comes first, Barty Sr.'s death or uh, Sirius shows up for some expo- exposition? I'm going to keep saying exposition. Oh, uh, Sirius showing up for some exposition. Okay, so Harry has agreed to meet Sirius in Hogsmeade Village, where uh, Harry, Hermione, and Ron go to Hogsmeade, and they encounter a big black shaggy dog, which, not for nothing, uh, this black dog had presumably been around much of the uh, two years prior right? No, the year yeah. prior. The year, year prior. prior. So it is the year prior. This dog is hanging around. It goes missing for, let's call it, eight months. And then all of a sudden, this dog comes back and there are children clearly interacting with the dog and nobody finds this suspicious. Besides that point... Well, you know, they're, they're hiding it, right? You know? I don't know. I just want to... I wanna, he's I a recognize. It's ta- it's it's mentioned multiple times that he is like a recognizable dog. It's not just like oh, that's a stray lab. It's like oh, that's a hulking bear dog. But yeah. no one knows that he's a he's an animagus, right? Uh, no, it's no, they don't, so they don't know it's like specifically Sirius Black, but it, like that still would stand out to people, right? Presumably, I mean, probably. Um. So I I do want to point out here from a from a um from a literary perspective, because this is a literary criticism podcast, sort of. Um, the, um, very official. Yeah. The, um, the name for a story that goes on for a really long time and doesn't have any sort of meaning or it just sort of happens and takes up time is a shaggy dog story. I'm not saying that that's what's going on with Sirius Black here, but there's a whole lot of him just being there because Joanne doesn't know how to tell backstory without somebody saying, here's some backstory. <laughs> it's like like it would have yeah, a lot of ways to do it but like what she decided was like what if we had a pensive so that i didn't have to explain things that happened in the past i could just take you there or serious being like yeah i met barty crouch jr in the clink he was fine it was a little weird yeah so uh i forgot well, how would how would, uh, how would george do it george actually we'd what, have, what he would do is we'd have a have, whole book yeah we would have like two <laughs> probably history books that are in universe um, we would have an entire side series talking about it. Um, there would be the whole Dunkin' Egg thing where you're like, why are we doing this? And it's like, oh, because we need to get the Blackfire Rebellions out. Um, so what he would do is he would write significantly more and never finish his series. Joanne does the opposite thing where it's like, she does not flesh out her background. She has no idea what happened in the past until literally she's writing book seven. And then afterwards, she's like, oh, why was Dumbledore so unwilling to fight people? Oh, it's because he had a romantic relationship with wizard Hitler. Cool. Great. Thanks for telling us that in a freaking tweet. Anyways. Yeah. So the other one, neither, uh, neither, neither of these approaches are good is what you're saying. Right. I mean, I, I, I prefer George's because it has um, like coherence and I rather, I would rather too much of something in, in backstory than not enough. Like one of my favorite things, um, in, I'm gonna just I'm gonna destroy that opinion in one in one way. Uh, we have the whole Harry Potter series. We are not getting the whole Song of Ice and Fire series. Point yep. withdrawn. There you go. Point withdrawn. Very good. Keep going. So I think if if you could caveat it with somebody can finish the story, sure, more of something is usually better than uh, not. Um, but yeah, so Sirius shows up basically to explain to us that he's been living as a dog eating rats in the in the cave near Hogsmeade, which sounds like a great life. Uh, and then he also has to explain like the familial relationship between the crouches in order to, you know, kind of exploit, well, number one, set up what's going to happen in like 
50 pages and number two kind of like explain some of the backstory so um wait wait, 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 wait. can i can i uh can i go off on a little tangent here he has a hidden house yes he has a hidden house nobody like nobody really explains that in the fifth fifth book either all i guess because like no, there's no real explanation because, like, he just kind no, of there is an explanation. There. It's in the middle of London. That's why. That's why they hit it. No, that I don't care about the hidden house. That makes sense. Why is Sirius Black between books three and five not living in that house? Oh, yeah, I don't know I, because I, she probably I, I didn't think of the house until book five. Bingo, got it in one. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly why. Um, but yeah, so we learned that. Barty Crouch Sr. was basically the Joe McCarthy of the Wizarding World. There were Death Eaters. He's Fine. not the Joe McCarthy. There were Death Eaters. He was, um, he was, uh, I don't know. Massad, I don't know. I, 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 need to, I need to think of, like, who is the, a prosecutor of someone who actually did it. He's Javert. He's actually Javert. That is actually the, the probably where Joanne got the idea for Crouch Sr. Is Inspector Javert. Um, from from Lemez. I'm not I'm not making a joke. This is actually like probably who he Yes. Is. Yes. Um watch read Lemez. Don't watch Lemez. The 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 musical sucks and Anna Hathaway is impossible in everything she does, including the Dark Knight Rises. She is impossible. Hey, hey, She's we terrible. Like you disagree. This. No, disagree. Anna democracy is terrible. I I know. I love democracy. Two versus one, you lose. So since uh, when do we like democracy? Uh, yeah, we don't like democracy. <laughs> At best, democracy. we like we like the idea of democracy. We don't even do that. We're 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 moderately cool with meritocratic republicanism, and even that we're a little bit iffy on. <laughs> Our minds are changing all the time. Uh, so Barty Crouch Senior goes hunting for all the wizard Nazis, and then builds himself up a political. Um, personality to the point where he is basically like a shoe in for again there is no voting so i don't really know how you like ascend to the minister of magic uh i i suggest i suggest you watch like the movie the they ask dumbledore they, they don't like, i don't they never explain it it's the party chooses it's watch the death of stalin that's how khrushchev became the head of the communist party is how crouch would have been the the minister of magic it's the same thing same process I just wanted to mention I, I that believe Stalin. you. It's a great movie. I don't know how we keep coming back to that movie. So, uh, he's he's like... You're the only one who likes that movie. It's so good. It's so good. Again, I, I liked it. I was the only person in the movie theater cracking up because apparently everybody else thought it was serious. It's a, it's a great movie. Anyways. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. In she wouldn't be the next there. Minister of Magic. She wouldn't be the next Minister of Magic. Before his son is captured and, uh, you know, discovered to be a Death Eater, which I believe in the movie, it's kind of implied, like, maybe he's not. And they just kind of, like, tortured him until he said he was. But in the book, this is the most egregious part of the movie. I mean, sorry, not the most egregious because they they ruined the ending in the first scene of the movie. But it's it's one of the more egregious things that happen in the movies. They like they they needed to explain everything about this and they just didn't. I it was awful. <laughs> That's right though. In the movies it's like or do I have that backwards? In oh, the they, book- they just like imply that, that Barty Crouch Jr. is evil without any context. It's because the movie the movie was very uninteresting in exploring the concept of um like a high ranking uh, member of the supposedly non Nazi government. Um, having a child who became a Nazi, to which I would point you to literally any head of an authoritarian regime in which their child was not insured to ascend to the throne and see how they turn out. It's not shocking that Barty Crouch Jr. is a Nazi. His dad was an authoritarian himself, and he was rebelling against his dad. So how do you do that? Oh, I don't know. You become a communist slash Nazi, depending on exactly how pissed off it would make your father. This is like a very simple thing that they could have explained. And instead of that, they gave him a weird tongue thing to remind you of snakes because apparently we're at the fucking level of literary criticism of snakes equal bad because Garden of Eden. That's where we're at with this. Can we move on? Because this is pissing me off. The way that they treat Barty Crouch Jr. in both the book and movie are horrendous and annoying. And he could have been a very interesting character. And instead it's, his dad was mean to him, so he became a Nazi. No, bad. 
Not a justification. Continue. <laughs> yep. So Barney Clark shooting Shinazi. So then, uh, yep. you know, we had to find out that Sirius had seen Barty Crouch Jr. come in. And this is how um, we finally get the explanation for, like, how Barty Crouch Jr. got out. And I think this also dives deeper into Sirius, how Sirius managed to survive for the whole time. Because we mentioned prior, but Sirius turned into the Animagi dog for most of his stay in uh, – Azkaban. So that way, because the Dementors can't like see or smell or anything, like any difference between human and dog, they just sense life forces and the dog. No, no, no. They sense life human, human life forces. And in his dog form, they couldn't sense it. But, that, but that's when, not when, how. No, 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 no. They can't suck. Yeah, they can't suck non human joy out. But they, because they recognized him as a, as a life form. And that's why they did not. Like I, think they can, I, I think they can recognize souls. I think that's what they can recognize because... Saying dogs don't have souls. I mean, look, I'm saying that I'm... I'm dog hater. Dog I hater. I don't hate dogs. I'm saying, I'm no, saying no, that he it's had It's official. Soul. You hate dogs. You're a dog Fine. hater. Fine. Um, I'm, I'm saying that, like, in his dog form, he did still have his soul. So they wouldn't have noticed the difference. They just uh, saw oh. him getting weaker. Um, yeah, yeah, like but, they just saw him getting weaker and they were like yeah well that happens to everybody he's wasting away he's becoming his emotions are becoming less complex he's not as happy or sad it just is what it is um, so I, my, my guess is the way that Dementors work is that they can recognize they recognize souls the existence of souls and they recognize positive emotion um, and since he was in dog form and his emotion wasn't positive it was in fact a negative emotion because obsessive paranoia and focus- Ding, ding, ding. Thanks, Angus. Um, yep. <laughs> obsessive, like obsessive compulsive devotion to the idea of killing Peter Pettigrew is not a happy emotion. So like, in fact, now that I say this out loud, it occurs to me that this jail might not work all that well because a lot of the people who would end up in jail are not like happy. They're focused, right? Like if, if, you, if you're like plotting revenge, you're not like, I am going to get revenge and this brings a smile to my face. It's like, no, I'm going to get revenge and everybody is going to feel pain. And the Dementors are probably like, with you, bro, with you. So I, I think that Azkaban is maybe not. I don't, think, I don't think you have to actually be feeling. Well, how many breakouts happen from this prison? <laughs> well, I, I mean, Two. how many, how many breakouts? Three. Not, not a good prison. <laughs> I, I mean, three. Powerful. And they all happen in the course of this book, like from book four to book seven. Three to seven, but yeah. Oh, because, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We have Sirius, Barty Crouch Jr., and uh, Bellatrix's gang. The Bellatrix gang. That's it. That's the, those are the three. Uh, so then we all, this is how, so then um, Sirius explains that what Barty Crouch Sr. did. So Barty Crouch Jr.'s mom, Mrs. Crouch, came down with like the wizarding equivalent of cancer. So she was basically uh, going to die and like they knew she was going to die. And her one last dying, which was that Barty Crouch Jr. no longer be in jail. So I believe what happened, right, is he took the wife in. Uh, they, they, with- just, they, 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 put, uh, they put her under the under the under an like a fake invisibility, invisibility cloak. And then they. There's no polyjuice potion. I thought it was polyjuice potion. Oh, there was polyjuice. Yeah, yeah, polyjuice potion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes in. Barty Crouch Jr. turns into her. She turns into him. Hold on, I have a question. So I have a polyjuice potion question that's going to make everybody super uncomfortable for a second. No. When when Barty Crouch Jr. was his mom, did was like was he able to see his mom's like stuff? Like that's. I'm, yes. I'm just saying that's gross and disgusting. And Barty Crouch Jr. should go back to jail. I mean, I don't, I don't. Back to jail. I don't. Yes. <laughs> Straight to jail. Straight to jail. Straight back. I mean, to jail. I don't think you have to look. You can just not do that. Yeah, but I feel like he would have because he's a weirdo. I don't know. Anyways, okay. <laughs> Anyways, move on. Okay, Barty Crouch Jr. gets out. Sirius Black explains to us how it works. Um, Barty Crouch Sr. It's at this point that I want to sort of push us forward because this is interesting to me. 
Um, yeah. So the, it's the name thing on the Marauders map again. Harry sees Harry sees Barty Crouch, which again, very funny that they don't. It's not your it's not your legal name, so you can't have the junior in there. It's just Barty Crouch. It's, it's um, like what you go by. Like uh, uh, this makes sense because Joanne wouldn't acknowledge that at certain points in people's lives, maybe they want to change their, their oh, names. No, a no, no, oh no! Oh no! no, 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 no. Oh, oh dear! No! 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 no, no. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it also goes like, so like, does Wormtail turn it? So like, wait, isn't there a, at one point it's uh, like Scabbers appears on the map and then it becomes Peter Pettigrew or is it always Peter Pettigrew? No. For some reason I imagine Scabbers was on there at some point. I don't think Damn. that ever happened. Okay. So Harry sees Barty Crouch uh, like wandering around the woods, the edge of the woods. And he knows that Barty Crouch has been missing since I think the Yule Ball. I think he was at the first... Um, Triwizard Tournament event, and then he like hasn't been seen since. So Harry rushes out there, and he sees that it is actually Bart. Or no, he's Harry's coming back from something with Crumb when they go and first see the first see the maze. So Crumb wants to talk to Harry about you know Hermione, and then Barty Crouch comes like wandering out of the woods, being like, "I need help! I need help! I need help!" So Harry, for some reason, runs to go get help and leaves Crumb with Crouch. And when he comes back, that's, that's when um, Crouch is gone. Crump, yes, Crouch is gone. Crumb is like crumpled on the ground. And they come to find out that Crumb claims that um, he had somebody, like as soon as Harry had left, somebody had hit Crumb in the back, or disarmed Crumb from behind. And he'd been unconscious. He has no idea what, Bart, what happened to Barty Crouch. Did I get that right? Yeah, more or less. Uh, yeah, so I think so. It's, it's, it's also worth mentioning at this point that um, Harry left Barty Crouch, a, a, a fragile Barty Crouch with Victor Crumb. Victor Crumb's like mentor was the guy who Barty Crouch sent to jail. I don't know that that was a great moment for our dear hero um, and might be closer to a dumbest boy alive moment. Yeah, we also kind of skipped over that. It's, uh, Harry went into the Pensieve and saw some uh, trials, which included Barty Crouch Jr.'s trial watching... Barty Crouch Sr. Barty Crouch Jr. to jail. No, it's not. It's and then right. he also sees he also sees that Karkarov, uh, the Barty Crouch Sr. Uh, sentenced Karkarov to jail as well. In the movie, and, Karkarov... Karkarov throws people under the bus and gets like a lighter sentence or something. Yeah, he, yeah. he snitched. Um, and this is this is probably one of the things that like I find most unlikely about about this, like just like from a criminal justice standpoint. Um, the moment that Karkarov got out of jail after giving up as many people as he could, somebody would have killed him. Somebody. I don't know who. I don't know when. But if you give up that many names and you snitch that hard, somebody's going to find you and stick a knife between your ribs. Like, that's... Like, like why... He probably would have been dead in Azkaban, really. I don't know if there's a Gen Pop there's situation. Like, I think you... It, I think it's constant... Um, constant uh solo, yeah solo souls yeah but also they apparently don't really like you know vet their visitors that well so maybe somebody just like goes in comes in goes about a cadaver yeah i mean like that could also be very quick yeah that could also work. it could be like a jack ruby situation in uh, which like you know, you're just like, like, it's like in a, in a, in a moment, like somebody just goes and kills him. Yeah. I, I, I'm with that. He probably would not have, have made it out of Azkaban. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on. Barty Crouch Jr. Gets out. He's been uh, taken care of by Barty Crouch Sr. Who now uh, is, do we, do, is, do, do we confirm him dead at this point or do we, do we find that later? No, we don't find that out later. We also, uh, so uh, the one yeah. that moots, the one that meets Harry uh, when he's coming out is Moody. Moody's come, or when Harry's going in, Moody's coming out and Moody says he will go help Crumb like try and find him because Moody was looking at the map. knew the map worked in the somehow. Moody was looking at the map and saw Barty Crouch and he's like, oh no, that's not me. I have to go take care of this. Time to, it's time to go settle the family business. Yes. It's not personal. It's just business. It's uh, probably pretty personal from son to father in that moment. Probably a little bit of both, yeah. yeah. Um, so then we get to the third task, which right. is, as we all know, is a big ass maze with lots of um, things inside it that are trying, lots of baddies trying to stop you from getting so, in the middle. Another question about the movie: 
Why yeah. why did they get rid of the puzzles in the movie? So I, I actually was gonna gonna mention this is that I actually thought that the movie did a phenomenal job of with the maze because yeah. they they they, they made uh, it scarier. They made it what they made it is they like they took away the music and they made it just like vaguely horror movie-ish. Yeah. Where it's like this, yeah. this and, and like like the way that it felt like incredibly um incredibly claustrophobic. Like it, it felt like like things were just like sort of closing in on you very slowly. It's it's one of the actually now that I think about it, it's one of my favorite things that any movie does, any of the seven movie, eight movies do, is like the way that they treat the maze. Yes, in the, in the book, like there was a sphinx, there was a, there was, there's puzzles, there was like an, a, a more gamification of the whole thing. Whereas yeah, in the yeah. movie, like it just felt scary, which I thought was really cool. Um, I do want to take this opportunity to point out that if uh, the Imperious Curse made your eyes go white, it'd probably be pretty easy to determine who is under the Imperious Curse which pretty much undermines the whole point of the Imperious Curse. Uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> so I, I think they only, they only turn white at first, right? They like, when you're like get, getting it, you like go white and then you come in, back in, later. In, in the movie, Crumb, when he encounters Harry. Yeah, the, the entire time in the movie, he's, his eyes yeah, are white. His eyes are white. So um, it's the only movie where they do it. Too, yeah, so that's, I think it's better. It's dumb. Um, but anyways, go ahead. Yeah, so we get back to uh, there's a couple of things we have wrong here. Number one, the stupid scoring system, which is again how... I don't even care. It, 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 we, we've been over it so much. The scoring system is dumb and makes no sense. Move on. Wait, what scoring <laughs> system? There needs no scoring system. It's a fucking race. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get extra points. <laughs> yeah, remember you get extra time to start the maze the more points you scored in the first two events, which makes us sense because the first two events aren't like point-based it's just We're also time-based <laughs> yeah <laughs> this all could have been whatever you don't need judges um so they they have to try and get to the middle first which the triwizard trophy is in the middle and then whoever touches it first is the winner or whatever which again means that all of your previous experience only got you like an extra 20 seconds and there's Things patrolling in the book, obviously, there are more like puzzles and like Asa said, it was more gamification. In the um, movie, it was more horror-based. It was like the monsters and, and the bad things that were throughout the Wizarding World. And then there's teachers uh, circling, because this is in the Quidditch stadium, so there's teachers circling in case anybody gets hurt and you're supposed to shoot up red sparks. So the first one we lose is we find Crumb attacking Floor, right? Yeah, yeah. Four, four is the first one out, I believe. Okay, but he, Harry doesn't witness that one. He just sees he sees red sparks, and then later he sees Crumb attacking Diggory, and that's when Harry intervenes and fights off Crumb. Realizes Crumb has been imperious, and then because yeah, very telltale white white eye situation. So uh, uh, great, great, uh, great job there by our friend Mr. Crouch for teaching Harry the imperious curse earlier in the year. Would have been super useful for him not to know what that was, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. indeed. Like, uh, why didn't Crumb just like imperious Harry the entire year? Because Harry was able to fight it off for plot reasons. Remember, and uh, Crumb yeah, wasn't. Right. Yeah, and Crumb wasn't trying to. And also, I think Crumb is probably like a stormtrooper in terms of intelligence. Like, you know, Jedi mind tricks work on the feeble-minded, and I don't <laughs> get the sense that Victor Crumb is super fighting those off yeah. yeah like i think i think like the real difference between the imperious curse in crumb's brain and the not imperious <laughs> like curse in crumb's brain dum, 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 gotta catch snitch. <laughs> there goes the golden ball dum, gotta catch the snitch. <laughs> whereas with the imperious curse it's Dum 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 gotta attack floor. Dum 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 gotta attack Sigri. Dum 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 gotta attack Like like okay, I, yeah, so then I don't think it's Harry, Harry saves Harry saves Cedric Diggory. That's not the much different. Harry saves Cedric Diggory, and they decide that they're going to grab the Triwizard Tournament or Triwizard Trophy together, thereby splitting it. And Hogwarts gets one whole title instead of having to split half an Abbey. And the Duke Cedric Diggory to death. Hold on. Suck it, University of Michigan. The uh, Hogwarts gets a full title in the last 50 years, uh, not a half. So, you know, just saying. And then it's it's, it's actually probably (laughs) worth noting at this point that actually Hogwarts probably 
and I know that this doesn't matter, but from like a consensus national championship perspective, I don't think Hogwarts gets to count this as a full one. Um, like I, I do think unnamed. School Is it because four, of the death? Uh, no, we'll get there. But I'm, I'm just saying, like unnamed school four does still have half of a national championship. Like whether that's army pre-flight or whatever made-up schools happened in like the 1930s. Um, Harry Potter, you. HPU, yeah. HPU, um, High Point University. They they show up in the in the tournament every now and then, um, but uh, yeah, I, I I don't I don't think that we are in a situation in which Hogwarts gets to claim a full national championship. Um, obviously, as you go back and look backwards, like you know, every now and then people will be like, "Who's the real national champion in 1997?" And people will be like, "Well, it was it was Michigan because Nebraska had a game that they won on some real bullshit." Um, uh, if you're wondering, look up Nebraska versus Missouri, 1997. Um, they played Missouri in that game. Yeah, the, it was the, uh, the 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 fifth down. Missouri used to be good. Missouri Missouri has more uh, has more East uh, SEC East titles than uh, like South Carolina, um, <laughs> and South Carolina has been in the SEC for a very very long time. Um, yeah, but South Carolina got three votes to win. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, SEC this year. So funny. Um, Texas A&M, by the way, I, like just, I understand that we're, we're at the Tri-Wizard Cup. They touched it. We'll, on, on, on the other half of, half of the break, um, we'll talk about the, uh, what happens in the graveyard and, and after they touch the cup. Um, but I just want to take this opportunity to shout out Texas A&M. You still suck. I promise you. There's a lot of chirping on the internet these days, and you still are terrible. You're still bad and like the thing is, is i'm predisposed to like texas a&m because they're the agricultural school in a state with a that very large um, hang on you're predisposed to like texas a- they they have like one of the worst student bodies he's literally like explaining why, why and you interrupted him the reason why i'm predisposed <laughs> to liking texas a&m is that it's the agricultural school in a state with a state with a flagship institution that is notable for its academics and its arrogance that is why I am predisposed to liking Texas A&M. They're Michigan State with a dog, um, which despite what this podcast seems to think, I do like dogs. Miss Rev is, is, is very- Liar, liar, nope. he's lying. Nope. He's right. lying, he hates dogs. He's a cat like, guy. Yeah, right. And, and then, no cats. <laughs> no cats. Um, and like, I really like Johnny Manziel because he, he, he incorporates a lot of what I believe is good about college football. Um, but- the point Unearned is earned confidence. Yeah, just like psh, who cares? Um, but the point is, is that Texas A&M being as insane as they are makes me not like them, which is unfortunate because I I should and um and I, I they should be like a bedfellow of Michigan State, but but they're not. Um, but do you know what is something that I'm predisposed to like and I actually do like? And wanting in bed with? Go ahead. This sponsor. So yeah, so 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 whoever that sponsor is, we care deeply about you, and we think that you are a special uh, snowflake who deserves to win all of the national championships. Um, so what happened with the uh, with the cup? They touched the cup. Then what happened? And then they graveyard. No, and then nothing happened, and the story ended, and that was how Harry Potter ends. Uh, right. They get. It is a port key, and our uh, issues with port keys, especially this specific port key, have been well documented. But it is a port key that transport or transports them to a graveyard, which again they just like suspiciously sit around wondering what they're doing there. Don't try to grab the cup again. Don't try to move or anything. They just watch as Wormtail slowly approaches them through the graveyard at no point when like Harry recognizes him, did he say, Oh shit, Cedric run. It's just, Hey, I know that guy. Oh no. Oh dear. No. And then we, we get uh, one of, one of my, like, it's not favorite, but it's a very funny line. The way that uh, Voldemort in the orders, movie. Yeah. The way that Voldemort orders the death of Cedric degree is kill the spare. Which is just such a funny way of putting it. It's no, it's it's leave the gun, take the cannoli. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. Um, but like, kill the spare is just like how dismissive. <laughs> like, it's just like, yeah, we don't need that one. Like, I think it's like very Voldemort though. Like, it makes sense for the character. That's why I like it. Like, it's it's a, yeah. it's just like it, like there's no like there's no like. Let's torture. No, it's just like shit, guys. We've we've got something to do today. Can we can we can we go? Like I, I 
get got, along with it. Like I've, I've got a six o'clock reservation. Come on. Like, can we just, let's go. Um, okay. So this, then we get into some like weird, like any, anytime Joanne has like magic that she needs to like work in a different way, she calls it like ancient and weird. And I'm not sure why um, resurrection magic is ancient and weird, unless we're getting the sense that a certain resurrection was in fact a magical killing of a because you have to get the bone of the father right it's a desert wizard wait how does you know what not a theology podcast go listen to vacation bible school i guess they're a theology podcast bible Bible school yes ask them ask them how jesus was really the first (laughs) resurrected wizard yeah um so yes, yeah, so we get into some blood magic, which involves, if I remember correctly, it is uh, Wormtail's hand, yep. the hand of yeah, a servant. blood from the servant. No, bone blood from, the, from the enemy. Bone from the father. Blood from the enemy. Uh, hand of the servant freely given. Right. Right. And then yeah. we get, and then we get, uh, we get the first instance of. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead here a second because it's one of the dumbest things that happens in this series. We get Chekhov's gun. Wormtail gets a silver hand. Do you know what silver oh, yeah. kills? Do you know what silver kills? Werewolves. Werewolves. Do, you know, do you know what Remus Lupin is? Werewolf. Do you think that Werewolf. Wormtail? Do you think that Wormtail kills Lupin? Nope. Does he? Do we know? Nope. Yeah. We... Nope. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the gun. The gun stays stays on the wall from the first scene to the last scene and nothing happens with it. Anyways, uh, so, so get, get Voldemort resurrected so I, can, so I can rant about something that I actually care about from the movies. That was basically it. Wormtail puts all these things into a potion. He puts in like the little baby deformed Voldemort. Voldemort returns. Uh, everybody sees some dong. And then we put a robe on. <laughs> and then he starts, uh, or he... Wormtail's begging him because he has no hand. He's got just a stump, so he's begging him. And Voldemort plays the first. Uh, it's just a prank, bro. And then has to <laughs> because he wants uh, Voldemort. Or he wants Wormtail's arm for the dark mark, not first, not to give him the new hand. So he calls all the Death Eaters, and then they all kind of stand in a circle. But apparently, it's like a very well choreographed circle, and they all leave spots for each other, which I always thought was weird. Like, why wouldn't you just create a like just constrict? Anyway, not like he's probably coming later. <laughs> um, so here is the 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 one of the biggest issues I have with the movie. Um, probably the biggest issue I have with the movie that's movie specific, and I don't I don't remember from the books. Um, the way that Voldemort moves around, the way that he acts, and this is you know I like Ralph Fiennes a lot. I think he's a good actor. Um, I, I just watched The King's Man the other night. Great, he's great. He's awesome. Um, he was great in that one British movie where he just spends the entire time yelling, which is every single role of his, I understand. Uh, in Bruges? Yeah, that's the one. Um, so so it's a great movie. But anyways, so this is, this is a big issue I have with this movie. Um, one, when he comes out of the potion, he's already got a robe on, which, come on, Terminator rules. He doesn't have, he, as, as Stumpy said, he, people saw some dong. Um, but the second thing, and here is something that, that is very deeply important to me. When Voldemort moves around, when he walks, when he talks, when he glides, whatever, he is chaotic. He's frantic. He is moving around like he is a crackhead. Um, the best example of why this is completely illogical and ridiculous is the Emperor from Star Wars. The Emperor does not move. In the last three, in the last three films, the original trilogy, um, I don't, I don't consider the sequel trilogy to be canon. But in the original trilogy, Emperor Palpatine moves like an old man. He is yeah. completely unbothered. He moves very slowly. He talks very slowly. He's un, he, 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 he is so arrogant that he does not think anybody can touch him. Voldemort is the same. He would not move around quickly because he does not think he has to. Right. Everybody will wait for him. He will move slowly. People will wait for him. Making people wait is something that annoying tyrants do. The way that they portrayed him in the movie, it, it, was, it was cartoonish. Whereas if he, if he was sitting, if he comes out of the, the cauldron, very slowly puts on his robe. Hello, Harry. Not, I'm, ah, da, 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 ah, ah, ah. it's just like, 
Hello, Harry. Hello, Death Eaters. I noticed that some of you aren't here. How very interesting. I noticed that those of you who are here did not try to find me. And there will be punishments and blah, blah, blah. And just like very calm, very even. That's terrifying. But him like running around and getting in people's faces. And it's like, it's, it's, that's, it's unrealistic for the type of villain that he is. And it's unrealistic for the type of scene that you're trying to set. So also okay, for the type of villain that he thinks he is too. Right, right. It's not just right. who he is, it's who he sees himself. Right. As. It's 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 interesting because you know, like Joanne's biggest thing is that these are not children's books. And it's like a it's a big critique that she it's a it's a critique that she takes issue with. But then like a lot of the a lot of the things that you're saying, like they did this because they're like, this is a children's movie, so I have to make I have to like appease every everyone in the audience right like Mm -hmm. how could it how could a child understand that Voldemort coming out and acting the way that he does like as he should as like as you just described how could they understand that that's evil right and I I think the thing is is that you 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 sort of have to trust that kids will understand that the guy in black is the bad guy like the black hat is the black is the bad guy like like there are very simple tropes for these things um Weird. Why does Voldemort have a big skull and crossbones on his robes now? Are we the baddies? Oh no, <laughs> we've got skulls on our caps. <laughs> um, but that's the thing: is that like, like, if 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 you're gonna treat your audience with respect, which like we critique the shit out of George R. R. Martin for be, for taking forever to get anywhere, he respects his reader. He thinks that 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 he, the reader can understand and and appreciate what he's trying to do. Um, Joanne in many ways tries to but doesn't but the movies don't the movies do not respect you as a viewer and they're like oh do you know what's really scary constant and chaotic movement he's not the joker he's Ra's al Ghul like if we're gonna do this if we're gonna do this in like that sort of like the joker is scary because he's chaotic and he's he's anarchy incarnate right Bellatrix should be chaotic Bellatrix should be moving on around at random like you don't know what she's going to do next that's not Voldemort. Voldemort is Ra's al Ghul, right? Like very calm, very, very, very patient, very uninterested. Deliberate. Right, deliberate, very uninterested in what anybody else's move is going to be because his move, regardless of what it is, is going to be successful. Um, so like the the manner and the the portrayal of Voldemort in the movies is one of is 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 really the reason why I as good as four, five, six, seven, well six, seven anyways, should have been from a movie perspective. Um, and we'll get to seven in the ends of seven and, and what I have problems with there. But in the movies, like it's, it's completely unwatchable to me because your big bad is behaving like a, uh, like a, like a, like a underboss. It's, I, I mean, it's a, it's a like George Lucas type issue. Like Rowling is just not very good as a producer. She just isn't. I mean, like the but, one time that she that she gave over control, that is the one time that the that the movie the movie came out and everyone said that's a great movie. It's a good that's movie, not a, just a good adaptation. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. But to that, I would say that um, George Lucas did not direct uh, Return of the Jedi uh, or Empire Strikes Back, and in fact, his Voldemort was correct <laughs> in which because yeah. because. Um, the emperor, like, look, the emperor is the standard of villain, as far as I'm concerned. There is no better. I think you're villain. wrong about Return of the Jedi. What am I'm I wrong sure about? He directed it. I no. thought he directed it. Lawrence Kasdan, I think. I'm pretty sure it's that Lawrence sounds... Kasdan. Um, no, no, it's actually Richard Marquand. Okay. Yeah, sure. That's not George Lucas. I, 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 I took the field in, in this analogy. I took the field. Um, <laughs> safe bet. Well, safe bet. Well done. <laughs> Uh, so, but anyways, the point is, is that like watching the scene in the graveyard, if you just, re- if you, if you, instead of Ray Fiennes, right, instead of Ray Fiennes, let's pick another actor. I don't know. Um, who, who, who could have done this well? Uh, Gary Oldman, probably actually, because Gary Oldman's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, no, if we're Ray- okay with him being black, Denzel Washington. Hang on. It's, it's, Ray Fiennes could have done it well. It's how he was directed. Yeah. It's, this is not, this is not his issue. No, he, was, is, he was told to act is, that way. Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Like, no, no, right, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. Like, and and I'm sure Ray Fiennes could have done a good job. Um, but like, if you if you think, do you know actually? Um, 
it's, 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 you're right. It's, it's a direction issue. It's, it's, it, yeah. if you tell him it's a direction and a production issue, like you just tell him like, look, be understated, be terrifying in your, in your withdrawn attitude. Um, again, like I go back to it, but Liam Neeson as Ra's al Ghul is a great example because it was just like very calm, very authoritative. And I like completely uninterested in what the hero is attempting to do at no and- point somebody who think at least thinks they're in control at all times right right and it's not whether or not they actually are in control it's whether they believe themselves to be in control um bane actually in in dark knight three uh uh dark knight that speech that speech with the in the boardroom where he's like do you feel feel in control right like that 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 ethos where you're like oh this is terrifying and he's not moving very quickly he's not he's not like getting into a chaotic energy thing he's just like standing there with his hand out and you're like are we oh, he's gonna kill he's gonna kill this guy and there's nothing anybody can do about it are we speaking uh chris nolan reboot of harry potter harry potter into existence oh yes. god that would be awesome that would be so, so good you have to wait until <laughs> you have to wait until jk dies so she can't try and interfere yeah no no, no. he's got soul creative control i don't, I don't know about <laughs> that one uh, so like, but like, like, think about it. Like, like actually, imagine... no. We have to do. We have to do two more remakes. You give it to Christopher Nolan, and you give it to Guy Ritchie simultaneously, and you see what they both come up with. The unfortunate part about this, of course, is that the best person who could do this would be actually be Tim Burton, um, which is a different version of Batman. But like, the Tim Burton Harry oh. Potter would be so campy and ridiculous that it would it would be better than Nolan or Ritchie. What, but would Bella, yeah, that's how we end up with Helena Bonham Carter as Hermione. Exactly. I'm, I'm sorry, do you have a problem with that? <laughs> she's like 60. I said, do you have a problem with that? Sir? Also, she's his ex wife. I don't, uh, he might have a bigger problem with it than I do. I'm just saying, he's never, he's not going to stop casting Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> like, there are rules here. Um, Actually, do you know what he would do? He, he would make Bellatrix Lestrange just a, a time-turnered version of, of Hermione who spent so much time time-traveling that she's gone insane. That actually might. That would actually I think that actually like sort of works. Would do. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know. Alternative, it's like alternative a, uh, history. Multiverse Hermione is Bellatrix. <laughs> All right, so um, back to the graveyard. Uh, Voldemort is... In the books, slowly like gliding around, and in the movies, jumping into people's faces, uh, as Asa said, accusing people of not being there. Uh, he basically does roll call, saying like, "That guy's dead. That guy abandoned me. You're here, but you abandoned me 13 years ago, so you're gonna be in, you're gonna be in timeout." Uh, you uh, and- just a series of you wasn't with me in the gym when I was shooting. <laughs> just a series of like you weren't there when I was down. Where why why are you here now? What's up? Except for Bellatrix, who was who was in fact in the June gym with him shooting, and yeah. Barney Crouch Jr. And actually, to be honest here, uh, Wormtail gets a short end of the stick in the speech because he goes around. He's saying like, "There's only two people that have ever been loyal to me. It's just Barney Crouch Jr. and Bellatrix." It's like, dude, this dude faked his own death uh, and has been hiding as a rat with a bunch of gingers for 13, 12 years. 12 years. And then just to come back and find you and bring you back. Like, that's not, maybe that's, maybe that's not an A, but that's a solid B. That is yeah. a solid oh, no, B. No, 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 no. Worm, Wormtail definitely, definitely B plus effort here. And also, just heads up, Barty Crouch didn't lose a hand to it, to this, and Wormtail did. Like, yeah, Barty Crouch just lost his tongue twitch thing. I don't know. What? Soul? That's not, yeah, that's not. Uh, so we're in, we're in the graveyard, and now uh, Voldemort has set himself up for a, it's like when you uh, you hear those stories of those guys that go hunting where somebody just like releases a deer 12 feet in front of them. It's like Voldemort is now going to fight Harry, who's had to go through an entire thing in the maze, then had to watch his classmate die and a whole other thing getting cut. It's like, okay, cool. So now they're going to duel. And so again, this oh, is, hold on, hold on. This is important too. Because during, in the duel scene, like, and I, I'm, I'm just going to reiterate the chaotic energy thing, is, um, like, Voldemort, like, is yelling, like, pick up your wand, pick it oh, up, pick I it up, pick that. it up. This, you have to bow, 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 bow. And you're just like, dude, that's not, that's not what this person would do. It's just like, what are yeah, you doing? Yeah, I, I hated that so much. Pick up your wand, Harry, come on. And, like, like it, would, it would almost be condescending support, right? 
Like it would, it would be, be like supportive. It'd be like, pick right. up your wand. Come on now. Now we bow. Now we bow. Let's go. Now you I to- fucking stab you. That's that's the one. Um, and and like now now we're going to duel. Come on. And like and it's like like it's it would be like almost like this like condescending sympathy for the fact that we both know you're gonna die. And I I I this is how it's gonna happen. So just get ready for that. As opposed that's to terrifying. pick up your wand, pick up your wand, and just like why? Like it's terrifying that he's like. I'm going to, I'm going to kill you now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill you now. And that's, there's nothing we can do about it. It is what it is. I am inevitable. That's the whole thing. Yep. Right. Exactly. Yes. Right. So then they, they duel and then we get the uh, wand core or like the start of the wand Lord that basically pulls us through to book seven, where Harry's wand manages to get Voldemort's wand they meet like midair and then do the protective bubble and you start seeing the last things that, or it's the priorum in priori incantato. That yeah. one. And we start seeing like, and then it's just very weirdly that we start seeing like everybody died, who died from the wand. Cause like the last like eight of nine spells that Voldemort has given has been uh, Avada Kedavra, which is again, uh, how we got the heavy handed, dark mark scene in the woods outside of the world cup because we had to be able to do this later <coughs> of everybody that dies i like uh frank bryce the most the the groundskeeper at the old riddle house because he's just this old like british man scottish man whatever doesn't know anything about wizards all he knows is i saw a funny looking guy talking to a snake and then i died and he comes out of that one he's like beat his ass Son, beat his ass. <laughs> give him the old one, two. It's just oh, like, give him the old two. One, two, right? Yeah, it's just like it's just like the British guy who like served in World War II who's just immediately back in the Royal Air Force. It's like, no, no, no. Well, I know what we're doing here. I was in France. Anyway. <laughs> During the war, I was in Belgium. Oh, I don't, we don't ask Grandpappy about Grandpappy about Belgium. Don't 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 ask don't it's just generally good form not to ask people what they were doing during the war if they're from Europe, because you never know. Um, like, for example, <laughs> I wouldn't ask the queen what her family was up to during the war. Maybe. Just saying. They like Nazis. Anyways, um, so so this this is like, like we get like, a, a, we get encouragement from um, James and Lily. That's um, serious. And wait, is serious there? No. Oh no, you're right. I'm sorry. That's the second yeah. time. No, um, no, no, that's Diggory. Funny. Diggory tells him to take his body back to his dad. Which interesting note. I, I don't know if it was intentional, but Joanne does do this every now and then. Um, the return of a body, like from from a place to another place, is actually a um, very important uh, biblical illusion. I don't know if she was doing that intentionally, um, but it. Uh, it was probably intentional. I, I feel I mean, like it's, it's also like, kind of a trope. It's also a literary trope about like, well, it's a literary trope. War, you, yeah. It's, it's a literary yeah, trope. But you're in the war. From. So you're like, you need to take my parents. You need to take my body back to my parents. Right. Or back to my wife or something. So like, it probably was intentional. You just don't know how many degrees she was off by. Right. Like, I, I don't know. She, that... Maybe she's neighbors with Kevin Bacon. Maybe her dad's sister's brother married him. Right. You never know. I think it's just her uncle, but whatever. So, um, but, but right. Like, like, I don't know that she necessarily was like, uh, Yaakov Yosef thing here. Um, mm-hmm. and, and instead was just like, oh, it's important to get a body back anyways. So Cedric is like, Hey, bring my body back. Frank Bryce is give him the old one take chap. Um, and, and James and Lily are like, Hey, like, Run. don't, die. don't, don't die. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to give you a second and a half run (laughs) and like i actually do appreciate that from james and lily because like they weren't like because lily very famously in her last moments was i'm gonna dig in my heels now and i'm going to i'm gonna we're gonna do our best and james was the same like he was like nope not running we're gonna fight and they looked at their son and they looked at voldemort and they were like you do not got that dog in it (laughs) he does not got that dog in him you gotta go you gotta run son like you are not gonna win this one (laughs) We are coming back to fight another day. Yeah, like not not today, folks. Not today. Um, and and I appreciate it because like solid coaching. No no no. If you can run between the tackles before you call draw or call call ISO, right? Like sometimes sometimes you can't. Speed and space sometimes is is necessary as a conceptual level, and sometimes it's necessary 
because Will Anderson is a defensive is, is an edge on the other team. And you're just not going to win that. Um, remember Nicobe Dean? Yeah. Terrifying. Uh, yeah. Remember, I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. He kicked our ass. I, 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 I know, I know that, that, that this is not necessarily a football podcast. Do you remember that, 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 uh, flare to Blake, Blake? Yeah, I know. Um, that was the joke. Yes. When, um, he, when he covered, when he covered 67% of the field. Like that was, snap. man, that was, that was impressive. Chase, the running back. How did he from, drop so low in the draft? Uh, he's he hurt. hurt. His, his, his shoulder is like, I, I, my understanding is that, um, his shoulder joint doesn't exist anymore. Like uh, there just is bad. no cartilage between his clavicle and his arm. <laughs> Um, yeah. but I, I, I feel would, like Kirby Smart owes him some money then. Um, I mean, I would say that it, it actually is probably going to benefit him because he's going he's to year rehab. Yeah, he gets a he gets a redshirt year in the in the pros and gets to a second contract quicker, and he's going to do really well because I don't think you actually need a shoulder joint to be good at football. Um, certainly not, not as a position. linebacker. Yeah, like yeah. a linebacker doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily. And he's like, I think he's like two inches shorter than he than he said he was. Like, I think he said he was six one, and he's actually five eleven. Um, and the NFL is gotcha. obsessed with these things. Um, but so, so, so we, we get the priority in Cantatum. Um, James, Lily, Frank, and Cedric do a job. Um, they look, they let, they, they, they did their job. They gave their quarterback two and a half seconds. And yeah, that's, that's all, all that's, that's all you can ask for, right? Like if you're a quarterback, ball's got to be out by three. Um, and Harry, Harry gets it out. So, and he, he, he's able to. Sheer pass to, block. Yeah. It, look, they did a great job. Um, four man block scheme. Uh, and, 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 you know, the you dark side. Yeah. But I mean, it does help whenever everybody drops in cover and you just have one blitzer, but you know, right. You know, no, no. I, I mean, he, he, he certainly, he certainly did have a, a, a good, uh, good, good play design and it worked against the defense that was called. Um, and sometimes you don't need to be a great play caller. Uh, if you get the defense that you think you're going to get, um, right. Which is right. to say that right. Harry so we Potter, have like, we have like three minutes left and we still have to get to uh, the giant exposition at the end. Yeah. Because let's not forget that the last like 20% of the hey, book. We, we learned something. Oh, wait, no. This is not today yeah. we learned something. It's a truth serum. Yeah. Yeah. We've learned lots yeah. of things. Yeah. So we bring. I, I, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, Harry brings Cedric back to the, okay. the, the. The end of this one is very much uh, a South Park Cartman saying, you know, I learned something. And then Stan yelling, or Kyle yelling, no, you didn't. You didn't learn a goddamn thing. thing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my takeaway from, from this, uh, from this. What did we learn today? Nothing. Not to do it again. Nothing. What was it? I don't know. <laughs> nope. So do we Nothing. want to come back about the key thing about how this one now returns whenever it gets touched again? Because that still bothers me. I, look, Porky's don't make sense. Okay, they get us back. Porky's do whatever Joanne needs him to do. Right. He gets the body back, and then Moody immediately takes, well, at first everybody realized, like, slowly realized. Hold on. In the, in the movie, in the movie, they're still playing, like, the big band is still playing, and then they yeah, realize the that Ced- and, and Cedric is dead, and then um, we get, like, a sad but also super campy uh, performance by, yep, by yep. Amos Diggory. My boy! My boy! And, like, I don't know if he was doing a bad Brando there. Um, like they massac- look how they massacred my boy, but it was a bad brand up. Uh, so we do that, and then in the fraca, fraca, uh, okay. uh, yeah, then Moody, air quotes Moody, uh, shuffles Harry Potter away, saying like, "Okay, you need to go to the hospital wing. You need to rest." But instead, he takes him straight to Moody's office and immediately starts like inter- interrogating him, but in a way that's like very pro Nazi. Like, did the Dark Lord return? How yes. was the fear? How, did how the great fear, was he? Did the Fuhrer look good? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Madison did he Cawthorn, mention me? Did he say my name? Madison Cawthorn, only a certain class of people call him the Fuhrer. That's pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Well, at least it wasn't mine, Fuhrer. That's worse. Yeah. In degree, not of kind. Right. Sure. Uh, uh, anyways. <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, because, you know, this excitement of the night, Barty Crouch Jr. starts, or Moody, air quotes, Moody starts tr- changing back into Barty Crouch Jr., at which point uh, everybody bursts in and subdues him. And this is when we have, uh, I believe it's Dumbledore, McGonagall, Snape, and they all, and Bagley might be there too, I can't remember. But then they have um, Snape administer truth serum, which, again, I feel like this would have been a very helpful thing through most of the book series, and I don't think it's as rare as like 
the limited uses being implied to be, but they basically they, get Barty they say Crouch in the Jr. fifth book that it takes like a I don't it's like eighteen says it months, takes, but you can still yeah. like you can still do it. Yeah, but like, why would you not have a constant production of that? Yeah, I mean, supply chain issues aside, like you'd probably want to have a good stash of truth serum just in case mm-hmm. for moments yeah. like this when or likely. the entire or the entire wizard gamut. Think about how moot. <laughs> Think about how moot that court would be. Good. Boom, nailed yeah. it. I was, uh, I was hoping you would get there. <laughs> I was about to say, would you call it a moot court? <laughs> yeah. if, if you could just give every witness truth serum, it's like, did you do it? Yes. Okay, we're done. <laughs> There'll be nine ninety. Speaking of autocracies, like, 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 and of course they would because that's how the wizarding world works. Like, of course they would. like. I don't think they have procedural safeguards. <laughs> No, you just give them true serum, everything's done. Oh man, that blows like a huge hole in the whole uh, uh, umbrage and book seven court thing. Sure does. <laughs> Duh! Man, sure why don't does. we just give, her, give them some true serum? They, they, they all seem to be lying. Well, well. I don't know. <laughs> because then we would find out that they're telling the truth. Shit! Uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I would get why an autocracy would, you you wouldn't give people a, a truth serum in open court, right? Like, you would give them truth serum in the interrogation. And then shove them out the door? Right, well, when when they said that they didn't actually um, commit crimes well, why wouldn't you give party, it to them in open court? Because they might they might not confess. Because, like, if I, I'm not sure if you're aware of the history of autocracies, but they don't really care if you're guilty of the crimes that you're being sentenced uh, good for. Good point, good point. Right, like, so, like, like if, 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 um... For example, like like if Natan Sharansky was given uh, truth serum in the middle of those show trials in communist Russia, he would have said, nope, I did not undermine the party because he didn't. Like he was sent because he was very wildly specific. <laughs> I mean, I was just thinking of like yeah, show sure, trials, like... show trials when someone was obviously innocent but had to con- confess for being guilty, whatever. Um, I don't know. I'm, do you not often think there, about the, the the 80s show trials of the Refuseniks? No, as my as no, my I don't text, at all. As, the, as my text from the other night uh, exemplifies, I spent it thinking about meatloaf songs. So fuck you. Fair. Um, okay, so 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 then we get the truth serum. Who are you, Barty Crouch Jr.? How'd you get out? Thanks. What's going on? Thanks, uh, Dementors Kiss. Great. And exit. Uh, exit, David Tennant. Thank you, Doctor Who. It was fun. We'll see you next time. Um, and then we get the the uh, Dumbledore sitting in Harry's room, just the two of them. Which again, maybe not. Um, you know, uh, and he says, you know, time's coming where it's you know got to do what's right, not what's easy. Which is ironic coming from him because he very famously and very consistently does what's easy and not what's right, um, because that's who he is as a person. Um, so, so I think like. Uh, as we as we you know finish up on Nerdcast uh, version one point um, my big takeaway uh, from the first four books of the Harry Potter series is that Albus Dumbledore is the true villain, and the movies really screwed up Dumbl- uh, Voldemort. Everybody, uh, do 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 we have concurrence? No, but mm. I'll let you have that one. Thanks. Yeah, you can have it. <laughs> um. So, uh, dear listener, if you're if you're listening for uh, nerdcast reasons, we will be back after the Super Bowl, probably. Um, between now and then, there's a whole lot of college football. There's a whole lot of soccer. There's this thing called the World Cup. Um, I don't think Ireland's going to win. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty confident. Fairly confident Ireland will not be winning that one. Um, so, uh, with uh, a special thanks to uh, to uh, Angus, you can find him on Twitter at Nerd Angus. Um, he will probably go back to tweeting a lot about Michigan football from here on in. Um, probably some lions. If he tweets about the Red Wings, you can just ignore him. Um, and I don't recommend it. I, mean, I hate the lions so much. Yeah, no, no, we all do. We've been over this. Um, you can find uh, for, for, for all of your comments about the nerd cast, such as it is, please at Mr. Mojo rising 89, specifically that one guy who said, please stop doing this. This is our last episode for a while. So that's that's a special shout out to our you. Port- yeah, our Portland friend. Our Portland McGiant. Um for uh for all uh, you can find me on Twitter at Diamonds Esquire. Um I've been tweeting a little bit more from there just because I have music and basketball takes that are not relevant to the podcast. 
But uh, for all other purposes, I'm on TLS at, uh, at TLS underscore and underscore TDS. I'm not always, sometimes other people tweet things. Um, somebody tweeted something on Saturday evening that got a whole lot of a response. So, uh, you know. Anonymous. Anonymous. Um, we will be getting the uh, Instagram up and running just uh, around the time that um, Ireland wins the World Cup. So, you know, have a look out for that. Um, thank you to our sponsors, Smith Workforce Management Group, as well as whoever Blue Wire decided to put in. Um, like I said, it's usually Shopify or Indeed, or but sometimes it's Dos Equis, and we appreciate that. Um, so please uh, like, subscribe, share, uh, dear listener. We, we obviously um, always appreciate those, uh, those sorts of uh, word of mouth things and also telling us funny stories in our reviews. Uh, we, always, we always like that. So um, as always, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.